unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Well, you probably can guess that I will lead with the UCF Knights getting their first ever victory at the big dance. The Knights finally check that one off the list. 73 to 58 winners over VCU. Woo! Sigh of relief going across all of Night Nation. <laughs> now that has been accomplished and a great win for the Knights. We will talk about this. Also review all the rest of the day two action. Prep you for game three, uh, day three action as well. So let's talk about the Knights victory last night. First, Taco Fall. 13 points, 18 rebounds, 5 blocks. The UCF defense was tremendous. Boy, this game got off to about as ugly a start as you might imagine. You were starting to think that they're going to set the game back 50 years as neither team could get anything going. The Knights uh, were over for quite a while uh, getting uh, baskets, but then... They went on a tear, and the game was tied at 24 in the first half. And then the Knights would hold VCU scoreless for over 10 minutes of game time between the first and second half to take control of the contest. Now, I started to get a little bit irritated with CBS because... You know, about 10 minutes to go in the game, they're already previewing UCF Duke, and it's like, whoa, 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 too much time to be talking about this. Come on, guys. <laughs> enough of that. Uh, so, sure enough, VCU started getting on a run. Their three-pointers finally started to fall. Their press were was getting to the Knights a little bit, and they were uh, getting the game back and making it interesting again. They got it down into single digits, but then B.J. Taylor. Big shot, Barry, does it again. A big three-pointer that uh, was uh, really, I think, the thing that kind of finally shut the door on the Rams. And the Knights rolled to a 15-point victory. We mentioned uh, Taco's stat line. Uh, B.J. had 15 points. Aubrey Dawkins with 14. Uh you know, Dayon Griffin was the guy I pegged to be the X factor for the Knights, and he scored seven off the bench. And interestingly enough, Johnny Dawkins did make the adjustment uh, going with the uh, extra guard in the offense. He uh, replaced Colin Smith with Dayon Griffin, and uh, that proved to be a very nifty maneuver by Coach Dawkins to. Uh, uh, give the Knights uh, more, uh, more uh, a smaller lineup, a few more ball handlers out there. So Colin Smith only ended up playing eight minutes in the contest. Frank Burtz, in his 20 minutes off the bench, scored nine points, brought a lot of nice hustle plays uh, into the mix. Uh, Cesar Jesus actually made an appearance for the first time in a while, and um, oh, he's so careless with the basketball. That's that's a, a, a big bugaboo, but they, I'm sure, had to give uh, Terrell Allen and uh, B.J. Taylor a little bit of a rest. Terrell Allen had a nice game as well with uh, nine points, and uh, he was constantly harassed in the ball handling duties and overall did a pretty good job. 
And the Knights now will get to face the Duke Blue Devils on Sunday, 5-15. Looking forward to that, and we will break down that contest for you on tomorrow morning's Bracket Special as we continue to do these uh, snack size podcasts for you, just to talk a little March Madness and uh, use it a little primer, if you will. So, let's uh, take a look at uh, what happened elsewhere. UC Irvine, they get their first tournament win ever. Max Hazard with 19 points. They take out Kansas State, 70-64. to And uh, K-State had to play without their, uh, their star player, Dean Wade. Virginia beat Gardner-Webb 71-56, and boy, (laughs) I'm sure Cavalier Nation was just in full angst when uh, Gardner-Webb was up by 14 in the first half. They had to think, oh my God, not again. (laughs) Uh, They managed to will it to six by halftime, and then uh, the Cavaliers took over and uh, got past the 16 seed. That seems to be a chore for them. Oregon was a winner over Wisconsin, 72-54, a game that was actually tied at the half before the Ducks got rolling. Tennessee got a fight from Colgate. They uh, beat the Raiders 77-70, but Admiral Schofield had two big threes down the stretch. Jordan Burns uh, led the Raiders rally. He had a great game with 32. Oklahoma, they had no problems at all with Ole Miss, 95-72. Isla rallied to beat the Cincinnati Bearcats after trailing most of the game. They score a 79-72 victory. Luca Garza led the way with 20. Buffalo rolled Arizona State and their old coach Bobby Hurley, and it was not much of a contest. 91-74. Nick Perkins had 21-10 for the Bulls. Texas Tech was a 72-57 winner uh, over Northern Kentucky. The Norse hung around quite a bit uh, before the uh, Texas Tech was able to secure that victory. The Americans uh, uh, Conference's other team, well, we lost one with Cincinnati, but Houston, they uh, filled the bill nicely as they routed Georgia State 84-55. Corey Davis Jr., uh, thought to have had a strained hip uh, in the uh, American Conference title game, showed no signs, 29.7 assists, 6 rebounds there. Duke... They toppled North Dakota State 85-62, but the Bison led a lot of the first half. They were uh, they were definitely playing some great basketball. And Duke, you have to look at it this way, too. I mean, it's still four freshmen in the starting lineup. Uh, they had to have fought some nerves, and uh, it is a different environment once you get into the NCAA basketball tournament. But then uh, Zion and company took control, and... Uh, Go away with a 23-point victory. Liberty, out of the A-Sun, they get their first NCAA basketball tournament. See, great thing this year with the tournament. A lot of teams getting their first victories at the big dance. Uh, The Flames win it 87-76. Caleb Holmesley had 30. Washington, behind Noah Dickerson's 20 points and 12 boards, beat Utah State 78-61. The Tar Heels beat Iona 88-73, but actually trailed that game to the Gales at halftime as they were uh, lighting it up from outside, but uh, they could not uh, keep that uh, pace, and the Tar Heels come away with the victory. 
One of the uh, better games of the tournament, Ohio State and Iowa State, a 6-11 game. And this is like further evidence to me of why the, you know, 8-9 games are even, 7-10s now are even, 6-11s probably 75% of the time are very even matchups as uh, college basketball's parity continues to squeeze more inward. Um, So the Buckeyes get the big upset 62-59 to advance. The St. Louis-Virginia Tech game, the Hokies led by 22 at the half, but the Billikens rallied into single digits before falling 66-52. So another uh, uh, set of 16 games on Friday in the books. We have eight more today, and they are as follows. Maryland will take on LSU. Will LSU's recruiting scandal cloud finally bust them in. Maryland had to uh, fight uh, to get a victory over a very scrappy Belmont team. Wofford, the Terriers, the pride of Spartanburg, South Carolina. They get a shot at Kentucky. Uh, That should be an interesting affair. Florida, Michigan. Boy, we don't see this enough in football. (laughs) We'll get get that action in basketball. Intriguing game of the day, I think, is Murray State and Florida State. The race is behind Ja Morant. Uh, this is a very athletic team, and again, I think underseeded as as a twelve. Florida State uh, had to had to battle hard in their first game. Uh, that should be a very in- intriguing one to watch. Baylor against Gonzaga. I have the Zags going all the way on my office pool bracket this year. Minnesota Michigan State, the big uh, Big Ten matchup taking place there. Villanova against Purdue. Uh, Villanova. Yeah, again, they're not the same team uh, this season as they were a year ago. But Jay Wright knows the business of the tournament very well. And Villanova probably is slightly underseated as a six as well. And rounding out the schedule will be Auburn against Kansas. Two teams that are also prominent, <laughs> prominently brought up in the uh, the FBI recruiting uh, uh, thing. So we'll have to see uh, who wins that FBI trophy, the wiretap trophy, if you will. Well, so, you know, the first two days of the tournament, you spend a lot of time, you know, watching television, right? 12 hours a day for two straight days. Uh, another another uh, uh, bunch of games on Saturday and Sunday. So you spend, what, about 40 to 48 hours, all told, with the... Uh, with uh, w- with television, so I decided I would uh, kind of like talk a little bit about some of the play-by-play announcers in the tournament because you know they are your lifeline to what's going on out there for those of us who are watching in our man caves and uh, various other areas. So first of all, you know Jim Nance is CBS's lead play-by-play guy. You know I always have a little bit of an issue with. Nance gets to kind of parachute in. He does not do play-by-play of college basketball during the regular season like a lot of the guys that are uh, on the uh, the March Badness beat. So I get a little irritated at that. Now, that's not to say Nance is not a, uh, a strong and solid play-by-play guy. He does a, he does a very good job. Um, I'm also not his biggest fan, I will admit, because he's a little too schmaltzy for me sometimes. But I will say... 
I'm warming up a little bit more to him now that he works with Tony Romo in football. I I think I have come to realize that Phil Sims was probably dragging him down. Um, and he's got a I, I I like the partnership with uh with Bill Raftery and Grant Hill. I think uh, I think Raft does a great job of keeping things loose, and I think that's given Nance a better performance uh, as well. Uh, but some other guys that I really like, Ian Eagle, he is awesome. And I would love for him to get a chance to call the Final Four National Championship someday. Brian Anderson's another one. He is probably, uh, he might be the best all-around play-by-play guy out there. He's a Brewers play-by-play, does uh, the playoffs for Turner, does the NBA and college basketball. And he does college basketball during the regular season, does uh, some work for the Big Ten Network. So here's a guy that uh, uh, definitely uh, does a, does an excellent job. Kevin Harlan, he has always been spectacular. No regard for human life. I love, I love Kevin. Uh, Brad Nessler, he's always been a solid play-by-play man for many, many years. Spiro Ditas is a guy who's very underrated. I like his uh, his game a lot. He's... he's uh, uh, he does a he he just calls a very nice game. He he knows how to call the big moments in a game. Uh, terrific job by Spiro, and Andrew Catalan is another guy that I uh, like quite a bit as well. So there's my uh, my takes on that. <laughs> Getting back to Nance, I know we uh, we uh, my on my podcast. Uh, Jason Beatty from Knights Twenty Four Seven, Eric Lopez from Black and Gold Banneret had joined me, and I put out the over under on when Jim, Jim Nance would uh, utilize the nugget of Taco Fall being one of the forty tallest people on the planet. Uh, and much like Jason, I thought he would go with it at the tip. Eric thought he might save it and go with the uh, go with the tip stat that he hasn't lost a tip in thirty two straight or thirty one straight going in, I think. And um, Nance used them both. He shot his he shot his wad right out of the gate, <laughs> but it was fun to see uh, UCF get the uh, get the get the big treatment uh, television wise in March Madness. Uh, one final note: uh, tough going for the UCF ladies. They uh, uh, lost to Arizona State in the first round last night down in Coral Gables. So, uh, but still a terrific uh, season by Coach Abe and the Lady Knights. They are definitely on the upward trend. All right. We will do it again tomorrow. As always, JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. You can catch all my podcasts and follow me on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88. Enjoy the weekend's games. With that, we are done here.